Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host and go-to career coach, Kelsey Kemp. You're tuning in to the Job Library series, which is a bingeable collection of interviews with professionals from a vast variety of industries to help you gain the exposure and the insider info you need to find a career path that you'll love. If you're excited to live vicariously through people with super cool jobs, maybe even some you've never heard of, then you're in the right place. If you're looking for step-by-step guidance on how you can identify your unique calling and actually land a job that will pay you to fulfill it, then go have a blast scrolling through the nearly 50 other episodes of Answer the Call waiting for you below this series. In this episode, you'll be hearing from Katherine Lortz, my dear friend and fellow supply chain management major from our days at Texas A&M University. Unlike me, as you'll see, Katherine went on to actually use our major as she works as an inventory analyst for HEB, which if you're not from Texas, it's a large grocery store chain that for some reason we really are obsessed with. I don't know, in Texas, but that's just kind of how it is. We rally around things. But if you love making things efficient and being a part of logistical planning and coordination, as well as balancing the big picture, while also kind of liking working out the details that make the whole thing work, then you'll love learning about what it's like to have a career in supply chain management. If you're not familiar with the field though, don't worry, we will break it down about mid-episode after Catherine and I dig through some initial questions. Note, I do actually give you full permission to laugh at me as I consult Wikipedia on air to explain the field that I studied in college, but as you'll see, It's a complex and a fascinating field. Well, I think it's about time that we dig right into my conversation with Catherine, so I hope you enjoy. My dear friend, Catherine, I am so excited that you're here to round out a discussion, round out as if the conversation has already started about supply chain management. Okay, I feel like it has because I've brought it up quite a few times on the podcast that I majored just like you in supply chain management, but did not use that major. So I'm very excited to live vicariously through you and hear about your career in it. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yay. So, um, can you just give a little blurb about what your position is, where you work, where you live? Yes. So I live in San Antonio, Texas, um, which is such a fun city, but I digress. I work (laughs) for a pretty cool grocery company called HEB. And if you're not in a very select region of Texas, it's a regional grocery store. We have Um, a little over 300 stores across the great state of Texas and a couple actually in Mexico. Um, And I graduated from Texas A&M in May 2017 with a degree in supply chain management. And my position at HEB is technically an inventory analyst. Inventory analyst, which I actually, funny enough, as we were talking about, mixed up with procurement. So maybe (laughs) now's just a good time to break down, like, what's the difference with supply chain and procurement, because you said those terms are kind of interchangeable at times. Yeah, so I I hear different things from different people in the realm of supply chain, you know, in different industries and companies. I I guess ultimately depends how your company defines things. Um, For me, procurement at HEB, those are the business development managers who they they choose what to bring in, right? So I work with something that's already been chosen to bring in. Instead, I am like, okay, we know it's this product. Now I have to decide, okay, where, when, how much, sometimes I have to justify why. Um, So I, I technically procure goods in the sense that I buy it, but I don't make the buying merchandising decisions, if that makes Mm. sense. Yeah. So it's not like, I'm picking out what flavor of cracker that's already been decided. You're just like, how does it get there and forecasting how many and to make an educated buying decision. Exactly. Yes. Gotcha. Cool. So how long have you been in your current position? And I believe you went straight into it after Mm -hmm. college, right? I did. Drank the Kool-Aid. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Drink it right up. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm just kidding. So, um, I, have been in my current position since June 2017. So yeah, month out of college. Going um, strong. Yeah. So I've, I've been an inventory analyst this whole time, but you know, I've changed roles and responsibilities as well as 
the commodities that I support. Gotcha. What are some of the things that I'm just curious now, yeah. <laughs> details like what kind of products have you been picking for the things that I buy from HEB? <laughs> well, I currently support the aisles that I try to stay away from myself. So cookies and crackers, as well as salty snacks. So all chips, ready to eat popcorn, pork rinds, if you're doing keto, I mean, any of that stuff. Um, so it's, you know, it's a lot of fun, but also sometimes I'll be like working through stuff. I'm like, oh man, that sounds really good right now. My mouth is straight up watering. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I would gain weight just by looking at my computer with all the stock. You know, people actually, they, they say there's an HEB 15. Um, it's a <gasps> legit thing. So, what? <laughs> which partly is, you know, all sorts of free stuff or like, you're like, oh my gosh, what's in the break room? And you like run down there. Um, <laughs> so, it's a so common, funny. common struggle. Oh yeah. I would be all in. I'd be like 15, 30. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into supply chain? How did you decide like, I want this to be my career path? So I was thinking about that and I was like, how did I get into supply chain? <laughs> I'm, just happened? I'm sure you, you could probably relate to this. Um, so I knew going into a and that I wanted to do business because I knew enough to know that I didn't know what I wanted to do. Right. And I was like, okay, perfect. I feel like my, my skills naturally fit business more so than engineering. And the fact that I passed out at blood, I was like, no medical, you know, I kind of was able to X a lot of other, your husband's like, okay. a nurse. <laughs> I can, Oh my gosh, Kelsey, the stories. Okay. <laughs> um, You're like, sorry, Brian, you can't tell me what happens at work. Um, Yes, that is a constant conversation as well as people who come up like, oh, you're a nurse. Let me tell you. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no this is no. forever. You're like, bye, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so I had exonated a lot of other options. I was, okay, business. I can go in with a lot of stuff. And I have always been interested in marketing and I still am. Um, but at a and I was kind of in between marketing and I was like, what is this thing? Supply chain? Like logistics? I wasn't really sure. And I remember one evening I was with my sweet mate, my freshman year sweet mate, we were eating at Sabisa and yes. it was a slow night and we were kind of standing waiting to get in. And I was like, you know, I was like, I wonder if they like look at trends and stuff so that they don't make too much food on nights like this. And I was just like thinking a lot. And she just looked at me like, what are you talking about? I was like, hmm, maybe this isn't a natural thought process for a lot of people. <laughs> maybe I should look into supply chain. Yes. So that's kind of how uh, I started pursuing that route. We love logistics, forecasting, planning, yes. all this, or at least people that efficiency. actually go through with. Yes, efficiency. Oh, that's my favorite. That's what really, if you want to talk about the word that really got my goat, and I decided I want to major in that. It was like making things efficient. That mm -hmm. made me very happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so of course we could relate on that. Um, what are some of the different variations or specialties that you could explore within supply chain? So that's kind of a, you know, a multifaceted answer. Um, because as you know, I went straight into HEB from Texas A&M. And so I am pretty... I only know the scope of the grocery industry, right? Yeah. But I know industry-wide, you can go into, um, well, actually with an HP, manufacturing is a big part of supply chain. And I think a lot of people think about that um, because it is a huge need to be filled of production planning and management and movement of goods, which that is kind of moves you into logistics, which is the management and flow of goods and services. Um, there's also data analytics. So people who are probably on like optimization teams that look at all these metrics and then they say, hey, how can we make this even more efficient? Um, there's transportation, which is a very clear, I mean, driving down the highway, you see, you know, blah, 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 logistics. That's mm -hmm. a very, like, oh yeah, that's supply chain. Um, customer service too, I think, which is kind of a, the last part of supply chain, making sure that the recipient of whatever goods or services is satisfied. Um, and then using all those findings to improve the supply chain. And so I guess if I fell into that, into one, it would be procurement, like we talked about initially, but in the, at least in the retail world, I'm familiar with procurement is more deciding mm -hmm. what to bring in, whereas in deciding how much and where and when and stuff yep. like that. And process optimization, of course, exactly. too. 
like that's how supply chain is a really great field for consultants because an outside consulting team coming in saying here's what already you've decided your business wants is wanting to be what your objectives are how do we just make that work better um, mm-hmm. so I really enjoyed that about the study at least and I'm very excited <laughs> to hear more about how it works out in your daily life as a supply chain management professional um, so I guess specific to your experience being someone working in the grocery industry, what is the career progression typically like, like movement up the chain and I guess mm-hmm. the process? Mm-hmm. Moving up the chain and process. Oh my gosh, chain. <laughs> wow. I didn't realize <laughs> those are very key supply chain words. Those are good words. It's okay. That's why we both chose that major, Kelsey. Um, so I, I will say, you know, I think kind of a gift and a curse of where I work now. Um, the gift is that, you know, people can kind of say your options are limitless. I can't tell you how many top company leaders they start about how their career began bagging or, or working the carts in the parking lot, which is so cool that I can kind of sit there and dream, okay, next step, where, where do I want to go? I have limitless options. But with that, the con is there's not necessarily a clear linear projection, like some of our friends that we know that are in accounting, you know, mm-hmm. that have yeah. kind of like, okay, after two years, there's this. And then after X years, you know, that there's at least my experience, I don't necessarily have that long term of a of a career map per se um there are progressions within the department that i'm in so you know you start out as an associate inventory analyst and then as you are able to um effectively manage products better and stuff you know and a lot of other parameters that's why i'm not a manager i can't really speak to them because i really know all <laughs> them but you know you progress up through associate and then inventory analyst one two senior manager um but the supply chain world as a whole Gosh, I, I can't really speak to that super well, yeah. um, just because, you know, where I work, there's not necessarily that one linear path other than, um, you know, doing really well where you are and then using that knowledge down the road. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious about the people that manage you and maybe if you have any visibility into like the boss's boss Mm -hmm. do you know what kind of activities they're doing versus what responsibilities you have Mm -hmm. at at the analyst level yeah so they of course work on the managing aspect managing people Mm -hmm. right Um, but in addition to that working on a lot of larger initiatives So for example, um, when I first started a big change that happened, a very large vendor that has a lot of product, they, they changed their warehousing method. So they used to go straight to the store and manage the inventory in store. Whereas now they switched to going through our warehouses. Um, Mm -hmm. and this, this particular vendor covers, I mean, you could probably find some of their product on almost every single aisle. So it was a very big initiative, right? And of course, the inventory analysts have a big part in, in executing that, but managers, they, they are making the bigger picture decisions, mm-hmm. um, as well as they're the ones that are in our emergency operations center when Hurricane Harvey hits. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I guess we, had our, we have our emergency operations center going for COVID, but they're, you know, of course, social distancing. And so mm-hmm. um, a lot more of the kind of urgent needs answering to those. Um, and I know all the, the managers on our team, they, they have a ton of different backgrounds. Uh, my particular manager began their career in um, UPS and their degrees in industrial engineering, which we can talk about yeah. later, but you know, the, the, the sister major. Sister. Uh-huh. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we were always competing for the same jobs and it's like <laughs> our major specific courses were pretty similar, mm-hmm. but they're common uh like cpk courses were all in engineering while we were like business law and accounting and finance and all this stuff so very interesting you know what i realized i feel like i should have taken the opportunity to ask you what is supply chain management (laughs) 
<laughs> because Honestly, I realize that's like really not common, um, commonly talked about. Yeah, uh, it really isn't. And honestly, I feel like I'd almost rather be like, Kelsey, what is supply chain? I mean, the best answer I could say, which is super broad, would just be the movement and flow of goods and services. I can't really think of any other, I don't know, what, what's your two cents? Because I, I could maybe tell you three major specific classes we took. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like the remember. names of them at least, yeah. Our whole college education, looking back too long, didn't read. What? I know, I know. Um, I just Googled it. Let's see if this compares. It's probably going to be verbatim, verbatim Um, what I just said. (laughs) In commerce, supply chain management, and oh my gosh, it's the management of the flow of goods and services. Yeah. It involves the movement and storage of raw materials, of work in process inventory, and of finished goods from point of origin to point of consumption. Yeah. Thank you, Wikipedia. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Okay. I just got so embarrassed for a hot minute that we did like four-year degrees and we're like wait what is <laughs> well it's so hard because it's no one person has a role that manages the raw materials and the work and pro- I mean maybe they do if it's a super small company yeah, or something tiny. but you know you and I both shot off into very specialized fields in a big industry so I think it makes complete sense that we're both like how do you describe the big the big picture yeah because somebody's role might be making sure one part of the supply chain is efficient and that data is collected and analyzed Mm -hmm. to feed up to the person at a higher level that's making sure that the parts are joined together in an efficient manner. But Mm -hmm. I guess for the listener that's completely new to this field or line of thinking, it's just like picture um, the growers of the cotton in your t-shirt having to go to a processing facility being spun into thread um maybe that's a different maybe that is a whole supplier of itself and then that's purchased that thread is purchased to be woven and Mm -hmm. it turns into fabric and then another business is uh maybe different logistics coordinators and transports and trucks um that have their own schedulers and making sure that the routes are efficient and then yeah making sure it gets to the right stores at the right time and the right colors to forecast demand and Mm -hmm. it's very very complex at times especially the longer the chain goes but yes anyway (laughs) I hope that we did our our field justice I'm gonna stop saying (laughs) our field I only got a major in it but (laughs) you were still in this okay industry expert back to you (laughs) so um I would love to hear about any common misconceptions you run into, if any, um, about what supply chain management is and what you do. You know, I really don't know what some common misconceptions were. Maybe that was just me ignoring our friends that would tease us about something and I just, you know, (laughs) brushed it off. Um, I don't, I'm curious, have you heard any misconceptions about, or what are some things that you hear about supply chain that you're like, I don't know that that's necessarily true. The funny thing is, I think a prerequisite to having misconceptions or common misconceptions is someone has to have an idea about the field first. And I just feel like so many people don't know what supply chain management is. So what, where I feel someone, um, like I was just interviewing my friend Sydney today, who's a realtor, a lot of people Mm -hmm. know about that profession. And so she'll introduce herself. What do you do? I'm a realtor. And someone might respond back with, I don't know, like we talked about a common misconception is like the commission is too high. What do you really do? And you could do it part-time. Nope. It's super Mm -hmm. involved and they definitely Mm -hmm. earn their commission. Mm -hmm. Um, But in conversations that maybe you and I would have maybe with a family member or anyone else we've run into, what are you studying? What are you doing now? Oh, I'm in supply Mm -hmm. chain management. Blank stare. (laughs) Almost 100% of the time. And so I would just say something like, oh, it's like operational management and coordination of logistics. Mm -hmm. Again, cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I am maybe very similar to you in that I haven't really heard anything. I think that maybe, I don't know if misconception is the right word for it, but like you said, people not really knowing what it is, just like I, I, you know, had no idea, be bopping into college freshman year, I was like, wait, what is this? Um, maybe just that it's not important could be one, mm-hmm. because so many people are like, especially maybe people who have been in the workforce longer that don't necessarily know how to, how to name or classify 
that field of the business, even though, you know, as we talked about, it's a, it really is essential, I would argue, to almost yeah, every essential. business, because how are you going to get, right, that, that cotton fiber down on the shelf, you know, mm-hmm. um, or to the shelf, and so I think that maybe the misconception is just that it's, since it's a newer field of study, relatively, in terms of, like, being a degree, um, yeah. Or, you know, a lot of people didn't necessarily have a name, I feel like, for a while. And so um, maybe that's kind of the misconception. It's just like, oh, it's just a catch-all. Like, it's not really Mm -hmm. that big of an industry. I'm not sure. That's just kind of something that would make sense. I'm with you on that. Because the fact of the matter is supply chain management activities have always happened. It is Mm -hmm every part of the business trying its best to work together. Mm-hmm. We in this field of study are just trying to make it work even better mm-hmm. and bring more expertise and study and analytics to mm-hmm. it. And another example I just loved learning in college of application of supply chain is thinking about logistics for a restaurant. So they need to schedule their predicted demand or even hotels. Like it's prediction of pricing, demand, rate, and all of that. So like how many rooms should a certain hotel build when they're constructing Mm -hmm. for a certain area um, based on their predicted demand? What should they price it? How should they account for spikes and Mm -hmm. demand and all of that? Um, What is their profit going to be? and with restaurants, I loved the, did you ever do the exercise where you had to do like happy hour modeling and to Mm-mm. adjust the rates and the hours of happy hour to try to increase demand where it would typically be lower and level it out when it would be normal anyway. Mm-hmm. So just kind of interesting to bring up. It's not just manufacturing heavy. I think mm-hmm. that actually, this is so funny. Sorry, I'm like interviewing myself hardcore right now. (laughs) I'm really sorry. But um, I'm just remembering, I think a misconception I had was that supply chain managers had to be in some random factory. Like they were Mm -hmm. manufacturing managers. Mm -hmm. That is different. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You can be in a huge corporate office in a big city. You Mm -hmm. are not necessarily, probably most of the time, that's like a different job working at a manufacturing mm-hmm. um, place. So anyway, that was a misconception I had. I was really worried I was going to have to move to Timbuktu. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey there, if you're listening to this episode right now, it's probably because you're somewhere in the range of mildly curious to hikey desperate to get out of analysis paralysis and into a job that will be an exciting and rewarding fit for you and your unique talents, values, and interests. Which, by the way, I'm here to help you do just that in record time. If we haven't met yet, I'm Kelsey Kemp, a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their unique calling and practically land a job that pays them to fulfill it so you could have an impactful and meaningful career. Trust me, I get it. Picking a singular career path out of the sea of options, then making a potential industry pivot to get into that line of work can be insanely daunting. That's why I created the Deep Dive Career Coaching Program to walk you through nailing down each step from discerning your calling to finding the exact job title that aligns with it, then getting hired for that position with confidence and speed with me by your side as your personal career concierge from start to finish. This two-month one-on-one career coaching program includes individual career coaching sessions with me, the library of guides and workbooks I've created for you to propel you further and faster to your goal between sessions, as well as unlimited support from me in between sessions to help you nail all the practicals like your networking messaging and strategy, your resume, your interviews and negotiations, which will save you a load of time, stress and dead end job applications. If all of that sounds like a dream to you, then I want to formally invite you to apply for my deep dive private career coaching program. Go to my website, kelseykemp.com slash coaching to learn more and book a free 30 minute consultation with me this week to objectively evaluate if this opportunity is the perfect fit to help you work through your unique challenges and achieve your highest goals so you could fulfill the vision and hopes that God has put on your heart for your career. 
I only work with people who are ready to go deep, do the work, and actually make a change once the path is made clear to them. So if that sounds like you and you're ready to accelerate your path to building an impactful and meaningful career aligned with who God made you to be, and what do you put on your heart to do, then go to kelseykemp.com forward slash coaching to learn more and book a free 30-minute consultation with me this week to get started. Okay, now back to the episode. Well, tell me what your typical day in the life looks like, like your hours and then like the tasks that you spend the majority of your time doing. So this is probably very different than what you experienced, but I will say a big part of my job is it's actually very like routine, Mm -hmm. which I really appreciate. Um, And so, you know, part of that is um, I, so my department, we get to choose what hours we work. So we have a flex schedule Um, working from home life. I'm logging on at 7am logging off at 4pm. And so I really love knowing like, all right, if I log in and get my stuff done, and that doesn't mean that I don't log in early or stay on late by any means, because that happens often, or, you know, it can, but um, I really appreciate knowing that set kind of schedule. Um, Mm -hmm. And so within my department, we have, so we're inventory analysts, but we have replenishment planners and demand planners. So I am a replenishment planner. So I take the forecasts that the demand planners create and then I act off of that so I'm the one that is quite literally cutting the orders and we know a lot more vendor interaction um so my typical day in the life is you know in the morning catch up with emails stuff like that and then I'll do quite a bit of reporting um so I looked I think today about how many active SKUs my counterpart and I manage so a SKU is a barcode you know something that mm-hmm. you scan across um, a register that's kind of, I mean, that's probably by no means the correct way to define a SKU, but that's how I like, just think about like, oh, if it scans across a register, that's a SKU. And um, my counterpart and I, we manage over 5,000 SKUs. Um, <gasps> what? <laughs> Gasp. So, and so as you can imagine, there's no way that I sit down and say, all right, how are my 5,000 doing today? And look at each one, right? <laughs> so we have like tons of reports that say, hey, here's a major red flag on these, you know, 100 items or this is what was a major issue in the warehouse yesterday. What are you going to do to fix it? What are you going to do to, to get us in a healthy inventory position moving forward? So all that to say, typical day in the life, pretty regular, um, which I appreciate a lot of reporting, especially earlier on in the morning, reporting out to the different teams that we support, um, and then ordering, making sure we get all 5,000 items in our warehouse. And um, of course, in the midst of all that communication with vendors, right? You know, you have some, especially now, like, hey, we had to close down all of our plants or others. It's, you know, my truck is sitting at your gate. I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, so uh, a lot of those kind of regular routines. And then also, you know, meetings with procurement, which is a little confusing, mm-hmm. right? The buyers um, to talk about, you know, weekly what's going on with the desk. What do we need to escalate? What do they have for us to take action on? Um also, the particular commodities that I support, we actually, HEB has manufacturing plants. And so um, being a part of production planning meetings and, and talking to the plant uh, partners, which is what you know, HEB employees are called partners. Um, and so being a part of those meetings, and, and that's really interesting to get to hear even their part of, of the story, right? Because they're trying to source raw ingredients, you know, mm. oh, well, this hailstorm you know, impacted the corn crop. So our corn chips, you know what I mean? That's just an example. Um, And then definitely have, so I guess another misconception now that I think about it could be that there's not room for creativity in supply chain. And there definitely is. Um, It may not, you know, it's not necessarily doodling something (laughs) per se, (laughs) but, um, you know, sitting down and having time to think of creative answers to issues, right? And so mm-hmm. um, that might be sitting down and building a really complicated spreadsheet, which I have to admit, I'm just, I guess I'm really nerdy because I love doing that. Heck and yeah, I you're the perfect love- gal for the job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and 
I actually recently ran across a circumstance um, that I was like, wait, I think I did some, I built something last year for this. And I yes. sure enough dug up the file and I just plopped in data and it automatically, and I was like, this is amazing. You're <laughs> like, a oh hero. Gosh, so nerdy. <laughs> um, so that, that is kind of a variable thing. You know, I'm not having to sit down and build, um, how to order certain containers of a certain commodity because Spain closes down every summer and they have to get across the water. Like I'm not doing that every week, yeah. um, but there, you know, I would say at least weekly or every other week, I do have to put on kind of my creative cap and think of out, out of the box solutions. So um, that's kind of, I hope that answers. It's, it's yeah. somewhat fixed, but then there's also a variable aspect. Um, and then another part that is, can happen a couple of times a year, um, meet with vendors and also get to tour maybe their warehouses or their plants, which is really cool getting cool. to kind of go on the other side of the business and um, see how we get the product. Like, oh, that's so crazy. That's how it starts. And I mean, it's just a whole, it, it's, I think an analogy is like, still only know the tip of the iceberg, but I'm just learning the iceberg is way, way bigger than I would have ever thought. So I feel like that's adulthood. Just like always realizing, <laughs> dang it, I'm never going to arrive. Am I? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So tell me about the, the hoops and the poops. <laughs> I should probably cut that out. I said that in one other episode and I was like, I'm probably never going to say that again. And then I definitely just said that again. <laughs> but what do you enjoy the most about your job? And then what's um, a little bit less of your favorite? <laughs> so that's a very great question because, you know, everybody has highs and lows, even if you don't want to talk about it. Um, I think that I'll talk, I like to, whenever people say good news, bad news, I always like to hear bad news first, you know, and then end in the positive. So some of the less glamorous aspects of my job, um, I, in, in my, per, my position in particular, um, as a replenishment planner, you know, I can be very in the weeds is a term. I don't know if that's a, an industry-wide term that people use or if it's just HEB, but you know, I can be, it can be very in the weeds, right? Like digging through reports to see where did that, this particular item come from? How did it happen? You know, what container and vessel did it arrive from and how did it end up in the store? And, and kind of a lot of the really fine details that aren't necessarily super fun to dig in sometimes. Um, Another little bit, I guess, of a not so glamorous aspect is being in supply chain, in particular forecast and replenishment. We kind of are a mission critical team sometimes in emergency situations. And so um, I absolutely love getting to know that my work has an impact on what's going on. But also sometimes it can be a little difficult if, you know, we're running around like, oh my gosh, quarantine, what is this? And it's yeah. like, okay, no, I need to be I need to be available um, because we are the point of contact for vendors and warehouses. And um, I mean, quite literally do get product in, you know, into the stores, therefore into the, or into the warehouses, therefore into the stores. Um, so that can kind of be a little bit less glamorous, I guess, the fact that we kind of always have to have someone on call and stuff like that. Now, thankfully there's a, do a really great job rotating that. So it's not a constant responsibility for one person. Um, so that's maybe a little less glamorous, um, but I think that something that's just really enjoyable about my job is the satisfaction that I get when I go to a store and I see product and I'm like, I know exactly where that came from. <laughs> I orchestrated that, you know, not, and don't get me wrong, there are like over 50 people who do similar positions. Like it's, it's by no means a one man show, <laughs> um, but just knowing that I get to have a small part in that and it's just, um, it's just really cool to get to see a tangible, you know, recognition that I'm like, okay, I, my job isn't just clicking away on a computer. Like it actually does. It is fruitful in a way. Um, so that's cool. And then also, I think I kind of touched on this maybe at the beginning, but for me, I just love getting to work for a company that I align with values in, and that um, I'm just, I'm, I'm proud to work for a company that, cares for communities and truly has a, a philanthropic heart at all they do. And so that's definitely something that I probably enjoy most about my job is the people I work with and the company I work for. And um, that that's kind of, you know, 
for me, I think I chose, I chose the company and then I chose the job instead of choosing the job that happened to be a part of the company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's certainly one way to do it. And you landed (laughs) at an amazing company for sure. I think many Texans have H-E-B dear and deep in their hearts. I just call it the heeb. I'm like, I'm going to the heeb all the time. (laughs) It's the best. It's so funny because trying to explain H-E-B or also, you know, Bucky's or you know well, I don't know Waterburger certain very like Texan things um it's very hard it's like I was in my my brother and sister-in-law's wedding and they're um my sister-in-law she's from the midwest and so we're all of her bridesmaids and I had just graduated from college and they were asking you know so sweet like so what are you doing I was like I'm, I'm working for a grocery store and they were like oh cool so like Kroger and I'm like well I mean yeah but and I was just kind of trying to explain and they're like oh so like okay so and and then all the groomsmen came in who are of course from Texas and they're like oh, congrats on H-E-B. Oh, I miss H-E-B you know all this different stuff and they were just like oh so it is this like it's know, this like big thing yes yeah so slash anyway. why do Texans make every normal thing like a rallying cry and oh, we make it like know. a part of our culture like I it's just know. a grocery store but it's not just a grocery oh, store <laughs> well that's that's how A&M is too right what's it like from the inside looking out or from the outside looking in you can't understand it and inside looking out you can't explain it it's like such a Texan thing <laughs> yeah. wow hilarious well we're Texan through and through right. what type of person do you think would be a great fit for a career in supply chain management? Like if you have kind of qualitative personality wise things and then more technically like skills and strengths and talents Mm -hmm. that you feel like are aligned with it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of the qualities that I would say are good for someone in supply chain management are probably as you, you would be able to say better, but qualities that are just good qualities to be a working professional. So I I will (laughs) be interested to hear what you thought, but of course, like you know, attention to detail as well as being able Mm -hmm. to see the big picture. Um, Being an excellent communicator, I think is really important, especially um, when you consider how many different parties you have to communicate with. So for me, I mean, I would say my day is pretty evenly divided between communicating with um, my buyers and procurement, people on my team, people in the warehouses and people at the plants and people, the vendors. And so of course, you know, the way that you communicate and um, get data across is going to look very different to each of those parties. And so I think being able to understand your audience and adapt your communication to help drive effectiveness um, and just get the job done. Right. (laughs) Um, And then let's see, for me personally, I think, I've people I've seen successful around me have very strong analytical skills. So being able to take in numbers and trends and um, also being creative in problem solving solutions, kind of like we talked about earlier. Um, another thing that comes to mind, which I'm laughing because I'm not, but uh, doing really well under pressure, which I'm like, oh, you know, same. that's not necessarily my forte, but I guess I've somehow limped along and make, <laughs> make it work. I've lived. I'm cool. It's fine. It's fine. I, I still dream like, about Hurricane Harvey. It's all good. Like, wake up in a sweat. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I'm really grateful that you said that because I think it's in our Western context, it could be really kind of humbling to admit, actually, I don't love the overglorification of hustle culture. Actually, I don't love urgent work. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't love feeling like I'm working with a gun to my head. <laughs> yeah. That's perfectly okay. I think that there are many people that God put on this great earth that are there to fill those positions with joy and like appointment, like a feeling of calling to it. And that's okay. That, that's not us. Actually, one of my I, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do instead of technology consulting, I was like, well, I was at the point where I could only start by listing what I knew I didn't want. And at mm-hmm. the top of the list was, I don't want urgent work. Mm-hmm. So I am right there with you. <laughs> okay to not love urgency. Um, so I'm kind of curious just to dig a little bit deeper of if somebody asked you to go get a cup of coffee, I don't know, social distancing style. (laughs) And I was like, I'm considering going into supply chain management, but I kind of want to learn about your experience first. And they were talking about what they liked and what they didn't like. What would you say to that person 
if you liked this, this, and this, then you'll probably like this job. Mm. So it's sweet because I'm reflecting on conversation of um, a dear friend who began as a mentorship through an organization I was in at A&M. Um, and she came in freshman year, really unsure of what she wanted to do. And I, I guess, brainwashed her into supply chain. But it's just, it's sweet to reflect like, oh, that was the exact conversation. Um, and she just like you and I both loves efficiency gets so well actually I'm not saying this is her but I don't know about you whenever I am a part of something that is so inefficient and I don't have a way to change it it just I just don't know what to do with myself um I just become like despondent (laughs) I know it's like I'm I'm gonna be outside let me know when this is over um (laughs) so I think somebody who really cares like just loves to make things effective and and um I don't know, organize things well, people who, so even the supply chain, you do have a lot of, um, you work with a lot of systems typically, but also the desire to be social and work with a lot of people because as you know, supply chain is integrated logistics. And so it's Mm -hmm. pretty hard to be completely siloed and only work on your stuff and not have to talk with somebody either ahead of you or down, you know, further down the supply chain. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that, um, being able, like we talked about earlier, being able to see a big picture as well as the details. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I can <laughs> No, I, I definitely think that's legit. Like a lot of people will say, of course, it's beneficial to be able to be a details person and bigger mm-hmm. picture come up for air and realize what you're doing in the context of things. But seriously, in supply chain, that, that seems like your whole job. Mm-hmm. You have to see the whole chain of players in the supply chain Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you have to still operate in your part and make it work best uh, considering the other things going on and to make your part work best you have to be analytical which is detailed by nature Mm -hmm. and yet you have to consider all these other factors which means you probably should be comfortable with considering the overarching scheme so I actually think that is one statement that it's not a pithy thing to say it's pretty specific (laughs) to supply chain (laughs) okay that makes me feel better because I just you know I feel like I'm basically if somebody were like you know google top resume (laughs) bullet points for business it's like okay Catherine you just recited this (laughs) (laughs) well it's okay that they're true what educational or experiential qualifications do you feel like are required in order to get a job like yours? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I guess it just depends on what company you want to go into, because mm-hmm. I know there's probably some people that are very adamant about you need a bachelor's in business and, you know, this experience or this internship, or then you have other people that, um, you know, it's just about proving yourself in the position that you're in. For me, I definitely have found it advantageous that I did have a supply chain degree. Not that I sit down and think, oh, you know, the second part of our third semester in global supply chain, like, I don't really think about that. But instead, those classes taught me how to think in a supply chain mind, right? So I'm not, I might not necessarily remember what, you know, FIFO, Inco terms are, blah, blah, all this different mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, uh, I just do remember like, oh, wait, there is something about when the deed to goods transfers. Let me think Mm -hmm. about that. Um, And and that's just like a very small example. Um, So I'm grateful that I had a degree in supply chain. And then also for me, having an internship was huge. That's how I got the foot in the door. I I was able to learn a lot of the business and I didn't really, you know, I didn't really know necessarily what I wanted to do. Um, And honestly, I wouldn't, if somebody like, what is your tenure? I'm like, "Uh, I'm not really sure, you know? And I think that there's maybe some foolishness, but also wisdom to not sitting down and articulating every single thing down to the minute. Yeah. Um, but having an internship really exposed me to a lot of areas of the business so that I could kind of further drill in and see, this is something that really piques my interest. I might want to learn more about that as well, yeah. of course, you know, networking and meeting everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if someone who's listening is kind of interested in exploring supply chain a little bit more, but maybe they their undergrad days are over. I'm guessing like there are plenty of avenues for them to explore that don't require them going back to school in order to get some foot in the door with supply chain management. Um, 
would you recommend any particular way of networking or just kind of learning more, um, maybe without even having to go through an internship? I know that's not your experience, so it's kind of just mm -hmm. like ideas, any ideas mm -hmm. you have. Well, I, I do know that there are some extensive alumni networks out there. Um, and within being an Aggie, I know that there are supply chain alumni, and so that would be a great first step to reach out to some of the maybe representatives or also professors um, yeah. that, you know, take charge of that. That's that, honestly, that would be if somebody were like, how do you do this? I'd be like, I'm going to point you to someone who's a field expert. Um, <laughs> uh, but also something that, you know, kind of thinking about something I did in my undergrad um, as maybe this is another supply chain thing that you, you know, we're not afraid to talk to strangers, but anytime <laughs> yeah. I would meet someone that was in a supply chain related field, I would just say, hey, could, you know, could I learn more about that? Mm -hmm. um, I interned at a, at a church the summer after our, my freshman year and a man in the congregation was in hospital administration and supply chain. And I was like, hey, can I learn more about this? And so, you know, halfway through the school year, drove halfway to Houston and we had lunch and I learned a lot about that field. And so I think that just not being afraid to ask questions of people that are in the industry. And if somebody doesn't want to talk with you about it, that's probably not a field you want to learn about it. Yeah. With, you know, um, if, if somebody's not necessarily wanting to share, then that's fine. But for, I, for what I found for every one person that wouldn't want to share, there are 10 that do. And so just not being afraid to reach out to someone, ask questions, what is, um, you know, what does your job look like? What are some, some great things and some hard things? And um, what do you consider next steps? So that's kind of my, I guess that would be my thing is just ask a lot of questions to whomever you need. And that's how I learned most of my stuff. Yes. Oh, I think that's, that's pretty much how I wrap up all the interviews on purpose because <laughs> I am hoping to um, encourage any listeners to be a lot more comfortable and even excited about all the things that networking can do. And I know that used to be like a gross word to me because I wasn't excited about it, but truly it opens up your whole world and like any door you could think of really not mm -hmm. by um, submitting, just being like a name in a stack of interview or mm -hmm. resumes. Um, but it's not just a way to actually like personally maybe get an opportunity at a company, but to learn for sure if you even want to be there. Yeah. So I am with you on that and glad to hear you ringing the praises of just like, go <laughs> ask some people, make some connections. <laughs> it's all good. You've got questions. Somebody has answers. Just go yep. out there. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> uh, well, I know that you said you know, I think I totally agree with you that there's wisdom and you don't have to plan out everything about your whole future. It's okay to just like, you have a full life right now and it's totally good to focus on that. But I was wondering if you do have any vision or something that you're excited about for your career to progress down the road into um, yeah. maybe, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever no, time frame I, you feel. I, I, I kind of did. I guess make not a jab at that earlier, but um, no, I absolutely have dreams. I think for me, I have a tendency to maybe try to hold on to my plans too much rather than trusting the Lord. So I kind of have to catch myself and think, okay, here's a, maybe some goals and dreams I want to aspire to, but I'm not going to sit here and, you know, check off a day in a calendar and say, okay, look at this and do that um, and, and try to control myself. So anyway, all that to say, um, I would love to, I would be so grateful if I were still working for HEB. I just really love working for, like I said, all the things about That's the company awesome. earlier. So I'm really grateful that, um, unless the Lord leads me otherwise, that's where I hope to see my continue, my career continue to progress. Um, but I think, you know, down the road, I would love to be in a kind of more customer facing role. I think that I've always thought it's been so fun to talk with the people that are the end users of your product and I guess customer service in a way, hear what they have to say and then take that data and say, how can we improve this from the get-go? Um, and, you know, love personal interaction. I do get to, get to interact with a lot of people in my job, but um, I'm not necessarily walking around stores and going up to people. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's really fun to daydream about. And also just to get, I mean, it's a completely different area of the business. Um, but there's no telling what, um, where I may end up, but I do think maybe 
leaning more into some of the creative aspects of the job that I really enjoy. I think that's something that would be really cool. Heck yeah. I'm so grateful for your example that, and also just for your company's example too, that this is an environment. I mean, you and I both know it's rare to want to have a long future with one place yeah, and to really enjoy that um, that somewhat linear path. I mean, only compared to usually the crazy horizontal hopping that people mm-hmm. like me do. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so special. And I'm really grateful for your example. And also for everything that you shared. And just, um, I've had such a blast uh, learning more about what your career has been like using our major applied, you know, <laughs> in the workforce. So that, this has just been so cool. And I'm so grateful for all that you shared. Thank you, Kelsey. I am really flattered that you uh, wanted me to share some of what I do. And it's just been really sweet getting to catch up with you as well. So, oh, well, thank you so much. Ah, you're the best. <laughs> If anything about the career path featured in this episode piqued your interest, don't stop here. Take what you've learned, critically examine any follow-up questions you might have, and network to your heart's content to get the answers that you'd like, as well as make meaningful contacts with professionals in that industry that might be able to help you get your foot in the door. If you have a friend who would love all the detailed insider info shared in this episode, don't forget to pass this episode along to them so we could create a network of people who are empowered with the information they need to confidently make satisfying career decisions that allow them to serve in the station in society they were meant for. Thank you to everyone who has supported this labor of love known as the job library by leaving a rating and a written review of this podcast. It sincerely makes all the difference to a budding podcast like this one. If you'd like to support the show, just join in by tapping the stars to leave a really quick rating and better yet, write a few words to leave a written review and subscribe. I hope you enjoy the other Benchable episodes now available to you in the Job Library series and tune in next Tuesday for a fresh batch of interviews with professionals in fascinating, unique, and influential positions. See you soon.